Hello everyone, I'm ASI senior writer John Corrigan, and today we welcome Ken Trottier to the podcast. Ken is the vice president of Polypack Industries in Melville, New York. He's here to discuss the plastic bag ban sweeping the United States. Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm well, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, to, just to kick things off here, in case people aren't familiar with Polypack, uh, talk a little bit about the company and, and really what your guy's specialty is. Well, Polypack's been in business since 1958, and we've been a member of ASI, I would say, since the 70s. We're, we're plastic packaging manufacturers. We, we specialize in nicely printed. Um, we can do four-color process. We can do eight-spot colors. Um, and, and we make uh, probably 15 different styles of bags. That's just in the promo and retail space. But we also have a larger division uh, that makes poly mailers for e-commerce. We do um, industrial packaging, roll stock or overwrap for uh, consumer products, and all sorts of packaging for uh, for consumer products as well. Smaller, you know, uh, bags for nuts and screws and things like that. So, well, it's the the plastic bags that uh, brought you to my attention. You reached out to us. Uh, with with kind of a gripe about the, our coverage of plastic bag bag bans, can you explain uh, you know what what your issue was? Sure. Um, every few days it seems now, or at least once a week, I get a promogram from ASI, and as I read it, there seems to always be something that jumps off the page about a plastic bag ban. In fact, I got one just today. It's dated January eighth, so it was yesterday. And it says, Kentucky Eyes Single-Use Plastic Ban. And then in the sidebar are six other uh, articles. Philadelphia passes single-use plastic bag ban. Honolulu passes single-use ban. Uh, New, York, New Jersey may make grocery stores provide reusable bags, and so on and so on. These stories, uh, what I took issue with is that these stories always highlight an opportunity for the ad specialty distributor to sell reusable bags. And most people think of reusable bags as either a sewn canvas bag with handles or a non-woven bag with handles. When, in fact, most of these laws specify a reusable bag as any heavyweight bag. Non-woven certainly qualifies, but so does a two and a half mil fold-over die-cut bag that we've been making since the 50s. So I thought that um, if you're going to report these things accurately, you should define, A, what the law says, and almost always it says single-use bags. And what they mean by that is usually those fly-away, lightweight bags, the T-shirt bag, they call it, that your supermarket used to give you, or probably still does in many cases. Today, they also define what a reusable bag is, and 99% of these laws and legislations define a reusable bag as any plastic bag that's two and a quarter mil or heavier. If you read today's uh, uh, release on uh, Kentucky's law, they, they say two and a half mil. We make two and a half mil bags all day long. So what I wanted your uh, listeners and readers to understand is that Polypack manufactures bags that fit very well with all of these new laws at basically half the price of a non-woven bag. So you can have a qualifying bag that's much more economical uh, for your end user than, than, than what people are normally selling. 
especially a, a customer that's already buying a plastic bag who has to trade up now to a reusable bag, they're almost always getting sold a non-woven bag. That's three times the cost of what we make. Now, you also said that there's a misconception about non-woven bags, right? Non-woven bags have a very interesting story. Everyone thinks they're made of cloth because they kind of look like cloth. They have like a perforated texture and um, they do a very good job of mimicking cloth, but in reality, there's two important things people need to understand. First of all, they're made of high-density polypropylene. They're 100% plastic. And second of all, none of them, well, with very minor exception, none of them are made in the United States. I would say I know of one manufacturer in the United States today that's just starting to make non-woven bags here, but everything else is coming from overseas, mainly China. You want to you wanna give them a shout-out, that, uh, that producer? <laughs> I do not. No? All right. <laughs> I figured why not. I, he's actually a good friend of mine. I will. It's Bulldog. Okay. Well, um, wh- what about Polypack? You know, with all this legislation going on, um, you know, about the plastic bag bans, has your business been affected by this? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's a cumulative effect, though. Of course, when the first ban was passed, probably 15 years ago, you know, it was a little blip on the radar. Well, now, as, as, as evidenced by the promograms I'm getting, almost every day, somebody, some new community, some new legislature, um, now it's becoming statewide legislators are, uh, are putting um, rules into effect that are definitely affecting our business. Um, and that's a, another point that you just reminded me of. Most of these bans, as they call them, most of these laws are for retail operations. There in California, the state law only applies to supermarkets and pharmacies. It has nothing to do with promotional bags. So a bank that might be giving out a plastic bag to their new customers, they're absolutely allowed to continue giving out that bag. The, the implication, of course, is that once a, ba- a ban goes into effect, People think all bags come under the umbrella, when in fact that's not really true. So pretty much we're here to clear up a lot of uh, misconceptions, some that that we uh, are guilty of here at ASI's editorial department, but also just uh, what people see every day and and really their understanding of the law, because some of these laws are not, uh, you know, by the time we write them in our defense, are are not fully online, are not uh, easily accessible, especially when it comes to the measurements uh, that they you know, construct these laws around. So it is It is mm-hmm. very important that we all, uh, you know, learn about this because, you know, I'm sure you're not the only company whose business has been affected and, and doesn't necessarily have to be if people understood the law fully. No, it's true. Um, unfortunately, a lot of these laws are local. There are, in my home county here on Long Island, Suffolk County, passed a, a law that uh, you have to uh, pay five cents for any bag that a, that a retailer gives you. But yet, across the sound in Connecticut, the law is completely different. What's starting to happen, though, is that states are putting uh, state legislation into effect. Um, Kentucky has written about today. California's had a, a state law for a number of years now. Vermont, Connecticut, New York just passed one. Um, and what generally happens is they try to mimic an existing law. It's, I, apparently, it's very difficult to write a law from scratch. So most everybody looks at an existing law that's you know, probably passed some court test, like California's, and mimics that. Um, New York chose not to mimic California's law. 
and New York is a particular problem because they've outlawed all film bags entirely. Although, even though polypropylene is a film, a non-woven bag is legal. So go explain that to my state senator and assemblyman <laughs> like I've tried to. Um, <laughs> they get it, but they don't really get it. Um, so what we're trying to do now, as, as state after state comes into play here, Kentucky did the smart thing. They sort of mimic California. They have a two-and-a-half mil limit of, of what a bag needs to be to be reusable. Polypack has also come out with, a, with three new products this year that we're featuring at all the shows. We've come up with a plant-based polyethylene. Because one of the objections to plastic is that it's made from petrochemicals, which it is, mostly natural gas. But we have a bag that's made from sugar cane. It looks and acts just like a plastic bag, only it's a renewable resource. The other thing we're offering is a compostable bag. A compostable is a little tricky because it needs to be in a formal compost pile, you know, something that has lots of moisture, lots of nutrients, gets turned regularly, like a, a formal garden compost heap. These bags will degrade within 180 days, just like a potato peel will. And then we have what I think is the best product and, and the least costly of all these options. We have a bag that now has 40% post-consumer recycled content. That means we've collected bags from consumers all over the country. It goes into a hopper, gets reground into new, well, reused material, and sent to our extruder, and they're putting 40% recycled content um, into this new film that we're getting. And it's a, it's a beautiful film. It prints nicely. It's very strong. And we think, we're hoping that, that, that it really takes off. So you guys have lots of different options. Uh, obviously, I mean, these these new products, are, would you say they're a direct result of all the legislation going on? A direct result of the legislation? I would say so. It certainly got us thinking. Yeah. You know, we're like everybody else. We want to be good corporate citizens. Um, it, this job, I've been here 40 years. <laughs> it used to be a lot more fun than it is today. You know, people <laughs> love plastic bags. Um, but, you know, the recent, in recent years, it's become a bit of a challenge. And I, I totally get why people um, um, don't want so much garbage in the waste stream, and plastic bags are a big part of it. But the product that we make makes up such a small uh, amount of what goes into the waste stream that it's really like a symbolic gesture not to use plastic bags. It's not really helping the problem. After a look in your refrigerator or a look in your grocery bag when you get home from the grocery store, everything's packed in plastic. That's all single-use plastics. You use it once, you throw it away. Only it goes in the landfill. Right. You know. Recycling is a, is a whole other issue that we could spend another hour talking about, but all of the bags that we've talked about so far today that Polypack makes are 100% recyclable. Well, well, let me ask you, you know, as we wrap up here, you know, you, you talked about Polypack really being known for plastic packaging. The, the idea of the word plastic having such a negative connotation these days, do you guys ever think about just do, doing away with it or coming up with, with a different way to market yourselves or anything like that? Well, when I, when I meet someone new and they ask me what I do for a living now, I, I always tell them I make reusable packaging. And if they drag it out of me, I say reusable plastic packaging. <laughs> uh, because you're right, the connotation is not good. You know, this is not uh, the most positive thing to be doing. However, uh, this factory here, we have a 100,000-square-foot factory with uh, 
Eight printing presses, about 40 bag machines, and we recycle 100% of our scrap. Anything that comes off the machine that's not shippable to a customer goes into a bin, gets bound up and, and sent to a reprocessing plant, and, and the product that comes out of that goes to our other factory in New Jersey where we make garbage bags out of it. So we're actually like a closed-loop system here at Polypack. Well, uh, I hope everyone has learned as much as I have today, and I know, uh, you know, you are a fountain of information. I appreciate you reaching out to us to let us know any errors, anything that we could improve on, as I think we encourage all of our ASI members to do that, and, uh, and, and I hope that uh, you feel that it was worth reaching out to us. Absolutely. I'm very pleased that, uh, that you took the time, and I think it was my time well spent as well. Excellent. Well, Ken, I appreciate you making the time, and thanks again for joining us here at the ASI Podcast. Thank you, John. It was nice talking with you. Have a good one.